Dragon, Remax Bowler Video Podcast. We're excited today to have John Covert from Metro Study. Uh, John, thanks for being here. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Dwayne. Let's start out with you telling us what Metro Study does, because I'm very intrigued by all the things that you do for the real estate industry. Well, thank you. Uh, so Metro Study has been in business for about 45 years. We're primarily a market research and consulting firm for the new home building industry. So our clients are primarily bigger production builders, developers, banks that finance them. Uh, here in Colorado, we started our operation in 2001. So we basically service uh, with our survey here in our consulting practice, the whole front range of Colorado. We have a consulting team here um, based in our um, Denver Tech Center office uh, that does a lot of market studies and feasibility studies, metro district studies, and then um, uh, we have a survey team in the front range of Colorado that like, numbers now around 20, 22 people that go out to every new home project every quarter and looks at every lot and every house. Literally counts them by Literally old-fashioned <laughs> way of, of market research, that right. primary research where you're, you're going out in the field and collecting information yourself and assessing supply and demand. So how many homes are under construction? How many lots are sitting out there? What's the supply of inventory? Uh, so it's a big manual... Uh, labor-intensive process, but it's also very accurate and consistent. It's one of the reasons why our clients over the last several decades have relied on our data. Well, we're very honored to have you today because I know I've been to a couple of your client briefings where hundreds of people show up to listen to what you have to say. So I appreciate yeah. you taking a few minutes to help us out. My so pleasure. I know that um, there's about five different areas that your company monitors, and the first one is, uh, we call it future. So what, what does that mean? Yeah, so... Um, uh, our research team, uh, every month and every quarter on kind of 30-day and 90-day cycles, goes to every city and every county and tracks all the projects that are moving through the entitlement process. All the conceptual stuff, the preliminary development plans, all the platted paper lots, the approved lots. And then we send our surveyors out on site and track the development status of all of those future projects. So are they turning over dirt? Are they putting in streets? Are they putting in the infrastructure? So it's a big process. So we're tracking up and down the front range, the 11 county front range now, we're tracking somewhere in the neighborhood of 400,000 future <laughs> lots. Wow. Some of them you know, may still never see the light of day by the time I retire, but right. the fact is we're tracking over 400,000 future lots in our system right that, now. That's amazing because we're incredible. primarily yeah. in the resale business, so that's why it's so intriguing to talk to you to see what the future brings. Yeah. So the next category is vacant developed lot. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, vacant developed lot, this is our true measure of supply in the marketplace. I mean, supply is certainly, to some degree, how many future lots are out there. We know that there are a lot of them out there. But when actually the infrastructure goes in, the horizontal infrastructure, the, the streets, the curb and gutter, all of the utilities go in place, that's what we call a vacant developed lot. So that's that first indicator for us that a builder can pull a permit and start a house. Right? That's that true measure of, of supply in the marketplace uh, from a lot standpoint. So how many vacant developed lots are sitting out there? So again, um, our surveyors have the recorded plats in front of them, either on tablets or printed out, and they're driving to every one of those projects, wow. looking at every single lot. So when we tell you that there are you know, 12,000 finished lots that are sitting in the market, or 124 in a subdivision, that is an accurate count, because we are actually going, going out there and counting it every right. 90 days. So vacant developed lot supply is, again, to us, the strongest measure of supply in the marketplace um, for lots. But it's also the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges that the home builders have in this market today is finding enough lots, 
finished lots because as we all know you can't start a house without a finished lot so there you if go. we're undersupplied for new housing inventory we have to have finished lots out there for builders to start homes and that's been one of their biggest challenges ramping up uh, during this housing recovery is finding lots, getting lots developed and delivered into the market. Okay. Now, John, again, is a Denver metro area as a, his specialty. Uh, how are we in that category? Is the supply of lots up, down, flat? It's going down and down and down. Okay. Um, there's two measures that we look at when it comes to vacant developed lots. One is the actual count of vacant developed lots that are out there. At the previous peak of the market, we had somewhere in the neighborhood of 21,000 finished lots out there. Um, and this is say back in 2005, 2006. And that was about an 18 month supply of lots. Since the recession um, and the housing collapse, our vacant developed lot count has literally gone down every single quarter. So we're now in the neighborhood of around 11,000 vacant developed lots, and that's for the seven county Denver metro area. Meanwhile, housing starts are trying to go back up. So months of supply of lots now, not just the actual count of lots, but the months of supply of lots, which is dependent on starts or absorption of lots, right. is now at the lowest that it's ever been since we've been tracking the market. So which we're now... For production size lots, we're now somewhere in the neighborhood of a year supply of lots, okay. 12 months, 13 months. And it, it varies depending on the size of lots, so 50-foot lots or 60-foot lots or 70-foot lots. But it's roughly a year supply of lots. So the problem is, getting back to our earlier discussion about futures, usually for developers, it takes... 18 months, 24 months to get a project through all the approval process as a future project, right? Engineering, entitlements, approvals, and then actually getting it developed and delivered. So if it's a two-year process to get new lots right. delivered, but we have a year's supply of lots, you see the problem. Right, right. going to be a shortage. So, yeah, we're right. in this extreme shortage, and we have been for the last several years. Of but finished it's lots, right? finished lots. Right. Okay. But it's so expensive and challenging both from a regulatory standpoint and from a cost standpoint to get these lots delivered, it, the market just hasn't been able to catch up. Okay. All right. So we've talked about futures, vacant developed lots, uh, now um, finished vacant. I think we touched on that. How about under construction? So that's how many homes are started and actually two before is going up. Yeah. Before, right? There are uh, two different types of um, uh, inventory homes that we track. There's finished and vacant homes. Those homes are completed, so nobody's actually moved into that house yet, but the builder's done with it. Okay, so spec. So that spec could be spec inventory, spec. right? And then under construction homes, so foundation has to have been poured. So again, when our surveyors are going out to every project every 90 days, they're tracking how many foundations are poured or sticks are up in the air or homes are under construction or homes are completed, right? So we're tracking all that, have a good measure of the inventory in the market. Inventory basically is going up in general since 2009, since we've been on this kind of long, slow housing recovery. Again, the net count, the actual count of under construction homes continues to increase because our market is expanding, right? We're starting more homes. But that months of supply of under construction inventory is actually going up and up and up. Interesting. And that's not to say that that's a, an environment where we're overbuilding this market. That has everything to do with the tight trade labor that the home building industry is facing today. And it's a persistent problem. It's been, again, like 
you know, challenge 1B. Right. You know, lots is 1A and yeah. labor is 1B. Very tight supply of trade labor, right. and that just takes us longer to get <laughs> these homes built. That's interesting. Never really thought about that, that the construction, under construction supply is increasing because it's taking longer to build them, so they're right. out there longer. They're sitting there right. longer. <clears throat> Again, in a more normalized market, this right. would be, you know, take a standard house, you know, let's call it 2,400 square foot home, three bedroom, two baths on a standard lot. It would probably take that builder three to four months to get that house built. Today, um, and over the last couple of years, it's taking double that, at least. So right. now it's taking seven months, eight months, nine months to get the homes built. So of course the home is sitting there under construction longer, so months of supply of inventory continues to go up because that's dependent on closing homes. Right. So it's been a very challenging market for the builders to get caught up with all the demand and the demand has been incredibly strong for housing. Right, so that's a good time to bring <clears throat> up like Lawrence June, our um, NAR chief economist says we need to build about 1.5 million homes as a nation a yeah. year in order to right. keep up with just population growth. Right. How, how are we doing in that category? Are we anywhere close to that? Yes, yeah, still still tracking well below those numbers. What Mr. Yoon <clears throat> is referring to is the long-term historical average for single-family permits polled in the U.S., this is going back to post-World War II, so roughly 65, 70 years of historical data, we've averaged one and a half million homes uh, for single-family permits polled a year. One and a half million. We got down to what, 700,000, 600,000 single family during yeah. the recession, yeah. and we still are not back to that long term average. I think right now, and this is off the top of my head, I think it's somewhere around 1.2 million single family permits polled. So, what's taken up the slack is a lot of multifamily development. Right. A lot of rentals obviously have been built nationwide, uh, as well as here in the Denver metro area. I mean, it's, uh, it's not a unique phenomenon that we're experiencing here. A lot of rental projects going up. Right. Should we dive into that topic right now? Sure. Okay. In Colorado, we have this thing called the construction defect law. What's that mean as far as new home starts for condos? Yeah, so we're seeing um, uh, for multifamily, obviously the, the market has swung over to rental for rent projects. A lot of the traditional builders and developers that have, have developed for sale condo projects have either drifted away or they don't have the appetite for it because of the construction defects liability issues. We have this shortage for housing that still exists for for sale housing, especially affordable or attainable attainably priced housing, right. which condos in the past, before our, our recession, had really started to satisfy. We had built somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 condo units in the Denver metro area before the recession. And that's a year. That's in one year. Right. That was 2005 and 2006. Um, and that included condo conversions as well. Um, but during the recession and then in the years after the recession, we had built, you know, 300 condos in a year, 400 condos in a year. As opposed to 3,000. As opposed to 3,000. At a time when wow. home prices had escalated very right. rapidly, as we all know. So that first-time homebuyer that's been priced out of the single-family market really had no avenues to acquiring a home, at least if it were condos, because very few builders have been building condos. 
And even today, the condos that are getting built are still fairly high priced. So we're not seeing a, the needle move all that much with condo construction, especially to satisfy that first time home buyer need that's out there. Amazing. Uh, our next category we wanted to talk about was occupancy. What's that mean to you as a company? Yeah, so we look at it from a couple of different standpoints. One is, is closings. So we're not just tracking the housing starts that are in the market, but also new move-ins and closings. So are we absorbing all of that inventory that we start? Right? Um, so we do track all of that and the finished vacant inventory level, these are the homes that are completed, built, but nobody's actually moved into them yet. So that could be spec inventory. That is very, very low. So what gets built gets occupied very quickly. And then we also look at uh, what's happening in the rental market. Okay. So occupancy levels and vacancy rates um, are very stable in Denver, um, in the metro area, and Boulder as well. Relatively low vacancy rates, uh, given the number of units we've added to the market over the last five Especially or six years. Tens of thousands. Uh, yeah, tens of thousands of units right. have been added, and they have been expensive. But there is a uh, you know our our. Uh, home ownership rates are about as low as they've been, at least in the last several decades. So we're still hovering around 64% owner-occupied. Uh, so a lot of people are still staying in the rental situation longer than anticipated. Uh, we expect that actually to shift um, as people that have been renting for six, seven, eight years as this economy recovers are now starting to think about buying a home, whether it's an existing home or a new home. The problem is interest rates go up. Exactly. <laughs> right. The problem is interest rates are going up, home prices still going up, All so right. purchasing power is going down for the buyer, the typical buyer out there. So it's very challenging to go find something to buy. So people are sitting in their rental situation longer and longer. So vacancy rates are relatively stable. Right. And sure. as a result, if vacancy rates are stable and low, rent rates continue to go up. So across the board, housing is getting more and more expensive, whether you're renting, buying an existing home, or buying a new home. It's basic supply and demand. Basic so. supply and demand still. John Covert is a wealth of information. In fact, we've asked him, and I think he's accepted, to come speak at our fall conference I on have. Uh, November 15th. So if you uh, like what he has to say as far as his wealth of information about the new home industry and such, come, uh, come join us on the fall conference on November 15th to hear more. Uh, John, why don't you give uh, our um, observers here the contact information for you on how to get a hold of you. Yeah, probably the easiest way is to go to our website, www.metrostudy.com. That's M-E-T-R-O-S-T-U-D-Y, metrostudy.com, and my contact info is... So there. Is there. Perfect. Yeah. Right. John, thanks for being here yeah. today. Appreciate thanks for inviting it. me, Dwayne. Uh, it's always exciting to hear what you have to say about appreciate the future it. of our market. So appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Dwayne Duggan, Remax Boulder Video Podcast, signing off.